Well, 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 hour number two is here. And uh, it is a Yes Doll Grill Women Rock Wednesday. 70 cent wangs all day long. Yeah, doors are open. Uh, you want to dine in, grab that mask. And, uh, of course, once you get to the table, get seated, get that drink, get that food, take that mask off, and enjoy. If you'd like to call in an order, the number 870-938-0025. Yes Doll Grill, located 226 South Main Street, right in the heart of historic downtown Jonesboro. Love, laughter, and friends always welcome here at Yes Dog Grill. Back in action hotline, 870-330-0927. Quality Farm Supply text line, 870-372-RWRC. That is 7972. And as always, you can always reach us all across that bright and very, very shiny, freshly vacuumed Rhino Car Wash social media sideline, Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook on this Yes Doll Grill Women Rock Wednesday. RWRC Radio, we're in this lovely man cave walls. At least it's dry in here. Yes. The Unico Bank Studios and uh, RWRC Radio, listed and sold by Dustin White Realty. As promised, we're getting ready to talk to the man with the plan for Saturday night in primetime on ESPN, taking on the Memphis Tigers. And uh, I'm sure uh, he's got to be about tired of talking. And then now we're going to ask him to talk more. Let's head there now and talk to the uh, head football coach, Coach Blake Anderson. What's happening? Not much, guys. Trying to stay proud of myself. Well, hey, you know, Coach, I remember years ago now, it feels like when you were a young little lad years ago when you first got here and we were talking about that indoor facility and how much dividends that would pay, uh, I would say that it's paid for itself time and time again by now. Wouldn't you agree? No, no doubt. I remember the, the first spring we were out on the on the practice field in, in the stadium, and we had a rain that, that hit, and, and it got so deep that the, the, the turf was bubbling up, and we, we were trying to figure out how to finish practice, but we've been in there a lot. Luckily, the, the forecast looks like it's going to be nice on Saturday night in Memphis, but it has been anything but that this week. Coach, I personally believe this is COVID-19's way of – keeping people like myself and Uncle Walls away from you guys. I think this is what they're doing because uh, they know if you're in the indoor that we can't be around. And uh, I feel like it's a conspiracy by Mother Nature or something. But uh, I know you guys have been getting work in, and I know you're ready uh, for Saturday to get here. But let's talk between now and Saturday. What do you think is most important to get cleaned up and ready uh, before you take those Tigers on in primetime on ESPN? Well, we're just really working on getting these guys, their bodies fresh. We we hit a lot during fall camp and trying to get guys feeling a little bit better. So we, we're we're down to very limited limited contact the last few days leading up to game time. I think we're, our cardio's looking good. Guys are guys are running better at the end of practice than they were you know a week ago. Uh, and, and just a little detail, I mean, we got the defense has made tremendous strides since first day of camp. And now just a little bit of details of identifying things and communicating well with as many new bodies as you have out there, that's going to be critical. You know, we don't want to turn a guy loose or leave somebody uncovered or, or have one guy uh, playing one coverage and another uh, playing a separate one. We've you know, we, we got to eliminate those kind of mistakes, especially against an opponent as good as Memphis. But uh, same thing offensively, just the, the little bit of detail. So fine-tuning, I guess, would be would be the way you know, you'd approach it. And, and really, game plan. Yeah, you know, we two and a half weeks of fall camp, but just playing each other and narrowing things down and trying to get your best guess of what to see, what you're going to see from Memphis on Saturday night. Coach, you said earlier, uh, 
I think it was like maybe one of the first practices in, in one of the interviews, you know, talking about cardio and conditioning, things like that. And, and, and you, and, you know, and the guys did a good job doing a lot of stuff on their own, but you've always said, you know, with the start of fall camp, you can kind of tell which guys took it seriously, and which guys didn't. But this year, you know, you throw out all that out the window because there was only so much that they could do. But, you know, looking at that UCA Austin P game the other night, that was one of the things that they were talking about, the coaches, about, you know, the, the team's conditioning. But, I mean, in your mind right now, you, you know, you said about the conditioning and the cardio, but are you feel, still feeling good about that? And, and when they came into camp, you, you did you feel like the guys did take it seriously, doing their own off, you know, you know, away from the school, doing their training and everything like they're supposed to? You know, I felt like you could definitely see guys that were, were more disciplined with it than others. And, and just some guys carry carry a level of um, fitness all year round that just is, is, is easy to see. I, it did not look – it did not look the same, though. Collectively, as a group, you could tell that we had had a different offseason, that, that they'd been on their own. You just don't work the same on your own as you do as a group. The, just the peer pressure of the group, the accountability of the group. And then, you know, Jake and his crew, you know, just uh, putting times on you and, and holding the groups accountable. You, we had some ground to make up. And I would say that everybody would probably feel the same way. Uh, I do feel like we've made some tremendous strides in camp, and we are running around at a much better pace right now than we were, you know, three weeks ago. What that's going to look like in 60 minutes, hard to say. We haven't had a really, really hot day. We've had a lot of humidity, but not really any significantly hot days. You know, we're going to play at night, so I don't know that the weather is going to be a huge factor in terms of heat. Uh, I'd like to think that we've got enough you know, we've got enough work in that these guys are going to be able to run the way we want them to for 60 minutes. But we're also prepared to play a lot of guys to keep them fresh if there's still more work that we have to do to build up that level uh, that we've come used, you know, we've come accustomed to. Well, Coach, uh, obviously it's been strange times. Uh, you know, we just talked to quarterback Logan Bonner uh, to end our number one, and I kind of went through that time time frame with him from, you know, obviously game one, SMU, the highest of highs, getting on the field finally. And then, of course, the injury and the lowest of low and uh, rehab and then spring ball and then COVID hits. And now here we are. Coach, at, at what point in time in March and, you know, I guess really following following the last real scrimmage of spring camp, at what point in time did you start getting a little bit nervous when the pandemic hit that there may not be football this fall for you guys yeah it's hard to say when that hit i mean even when they shut us down in the middle of spring ball you know and, and i agreed at the time it was the right thing to do i don't think at that particular point i just didn't see potentially we're not going to play you felt like there was enough time available for for research to be done and then for us to find out more and get a plan together i don't know that that the possibility of not playing, I don't know if it really hit me until this summer when when you started uh, realizing that, that things had not changed like we thought and, and that we were we were still kind of knee-deep in the middle of the fight and, and that we were getting really close to some deadlines that we didn't have great answers for. So um, I, I got really nervous this summer and all the way up until fall camp started. Now, once we started and got rolling and realized that 
that we had pretty we, we had good protocols in place and we felt like we you know we we'd gone through a couple of tests and, and only had a just really a very small amount of guys that had tested positive and, and had had no significant issues with anybody you felt more and more comfortable that we can do this and that we're going to get to do it and then obviously the bottom dropped out of a lot of programs along the way and, and, and realized it was just going to be part of the country so it's been it's been hard to uh kind of manage it's been you've got to be flexible you've got to think creatively outside the box and and you uh, you know you, you just always kind of holding your breath hoping that that you could get to the to the next check mark you know and, and do well coach Last year, uh, at the football media day in New Orleans, uh, you know, we interviewed you, and you came by, you know, about ten minutes before we were going to go back on air, and we we're just, you know, you're going through a lot at that time, and I, one of the things you said, and it's and it stuck with me since then, you know, we're just talking about things in life, you know, the things you deal with, and you said life is inaudible, and. And, and I've quoted that many times, especially the past couple months, because some people are just like, well, I want to know this. I want to know that. And I just, you know, I just say, hey, listen, life's inaudible. And, and I've had people go, what, what does that mean? And, and, and I just said, you know, I said, I got that from Blake Anderson. And I said, you know, I said, do you know what audible is? They go, well, no. I said, you changed the play at the line of scrimmage because you never know what the defense is going to give you. And I said, right now, as we go through COVID-19, every day we wake up and we, <laughs> it changes every day. So you have to adapt and you have to be ready to take on the day. And, and so once I explain that to people that life's an audible, I think more than ever right now, life is an audible with what we're going through. No doubt. No doubt. You know, we, we talked, I guess, a week or so ago, started off the team meeting. You know, hurricane had hit the coast. Uh, you had all kind of racial tension and racial you know, issues going on across the country, which are still going on. You got, you got, you know, two parties just going at it in terms of the election. You've got COVID and, and, and probably a million other things. And I just told the guys, you know, that, uh, you know, that, that, I mean, there, we get kind of in our bubble and we're just thinking about football and there, there are tons of issues and tons of people hurting all across the country. So number one, feel blessed that you get to be here to play when a bunch of teams are not, a bunch of kids just like you are not, feel blessed that you're healthy enough to get to play and that, that you're safe. And, and man, just, uh, you know, we, we just kind of lifted up a prayer for all those around the country in so many different areas. But, man, that, that is life. It is going to hit you. Uh, you've got to be – you've got to choose how you want to deal with adversity. I mean, it's a choice. Attitude's a choice. I tell the guys all the time you can choose to swallow up and be mad about it and blame people or you can – you can choose to be positive in the face of it and fight through it. And, and, um, and, and that's really what we try to do here. Try to do that by example as much as I can. I'm sure I fail at it a lot, but that was, uh, you know, that was my approach all the way through Wendy's battle and all the way through this last year is just try my best to keep everything focused on God and focused on other people and, and be thankful for the things you have, not the things you don't. And we got to do the same thing. Now we get to play, we get to do what we love and we're healthy and safe to do it. And, um, and I hope our guys are hope our guys are doing that. Well, Coach, uh, you know, you and I have talked about this in the past. You talk about it virtually with every opponent. Uh, how important it is to focus on what you and your guys are doing, not so much the opponent. Uh, if you guys execute, you feel like you're going to be in a pretty good place. Uh, what's it like, Coach, preparing for a game one 
in such a unique circumstance. I mean, I don't think anybody's ever prepared for game one in the middle of a pandemic like we've experienced. But what's it like? Uh, I, I've been using the comparison the last couple weeks of, of Christmas morning. And Christmas morning, you know, for, for a month or more, you've walked around that Christmas tree and you've looked at these packages and they're wrapped up. And, and for, for me, I hold a long-time grudge, Coach, against my grandmother because she promised me a G.I. Joe aircraft carrier one time. And so uh, I've, I've held that grudge against my grandmother for years because when Christmas morning came around, I seen this big box, I opened it up, and it's not, it's not exactly the G.I. Joe aircraft carrier. And uh, it's this big box of socks. And so are you sitting there wondering right now, Coach, on Christmas morning, come, come Saturday night at 7 p.m., are you getting a G.I. Joe aircraft carrier or are you getting a big box of socks? I don't know what I'm getting. I sure hope it's not socks. <laughs> uh, it's time to drive. It's time to drop drop that grudge, man. It's time to drop <laughs> that grudge, man. Oh uh, man! Hold on, that one way too long. You know, it's uh, it is different. Guys are excited. I think I think they really appreciate that we get the opportunity to play. Number one, they obviously have respect. We tons of respect for the opponent. Um, you know, I think the thing now is just being being uh, flexible and adaptable as the season. I mean, there's a chance that at any point. You know, you've always had the opportunity for a guy to get hurt. You, you knew that, and, and another guy had to be willing to step up. But you know, with with COVID and, and social uh, and, and close contact and potential positive tests and all that, I mean, it, it's made it more uh, evident now that everybody really has to be ready. And, and so you've got to keep your second and your thirds and maybe even your fourth. I don't know at some positions ready to ready to step in when their time or if their time presents itself so it's uh it is definitely unique and and you know, you have to you have to try to keep as many people on a ready list as you possibly can and that's just not always been the case i think in the past you know guys kind of knew their role uh was hey i'm gonna red shirt i'm gonna be limited you know i can kind of just concentrate on just doing my little things every day and coming to work now they got to stay involved in the, the game plan keep their head screwed on because you might take a test, COVID test, on Friday morning and lose five guys. I mean, it, it, you hope it doesn't happen, but you can see where there's a possibility where it would. And those five may take five other ones with them that, that were in close contact with them if they were being careless with their social distancing. You know, that's going to happen to some teams, and, and we definitely don't want that to be us. But if it is, we don't want to be unprepared. And, and so it's just a different environment than we're used to. Well, no, there's there's absolutely no doubt about that. Well, last but not least, Coach, uh, I wanted to talk with you. Uh, obviously, uh, you, you've mentioned a lot of things going on in the world and a lot of things uh, with uh, racial tension and everything that's been going on in our country. And, you know, the student athletes, including uh, your student athletes of A-State football, decided to, uh, you know, march united peacefully on the campus of Arkansas State. And, and I know you addressed it a little bit on Monday, but I would like just for you to kind of address that and talk about that, how that conversation uh, was and, and kind of how you felt to step back and see that uh, from your group of student athletes. Well, you know, it initiated from inside our football program with our, with our, our young men. They voiced their, their opinions to our leadership council who came to me. You know, I've been telling our guys for a long time, that every one of you have a platform that you can use. And, and I encourage you to use it. There are people that, uh, that look up to you. There are kids that look at, there are people in the community that, that, that watch your every move. And I said, so 
we definitely want to stand for the things we believe in, and we all stand for equality. We, race, there is no place for racism in our country. I know it's there, but we all want it gone. It's not what God intended for us to be and treat each other. So we talk that all the time here. So I just talk to them about being very deliberate, very calculated, very smart about the words that they use. And, but also told them, and, and, and Terry and Kelly mentioned as well, that if, if you have ideas of how we can be the change that we want to see around us, if we can take steps in that, in that area, if we can do things that will show others what we want our society to look like, then just share those ideas with us. And what they wanted to do was they did want to, they wanted a peaceful march to show just a sign of unity against racial injustice. That's it. Social injustice, racial injustice. And, you know, didn't want to do anything crazy. Just wanted to show people we're going to together, walk together, you know, white, black, brown, everywhere in between arm in arm and say, we care about each other. We don't care about the color of each other's skin. And right now the black community uh, is hurting and we support, we support those guys. We didn't support any particular organization. We supported the black athletes on our team, the families represented by that and those around the country. So, uh, and there's been, I'll be honest with you, there's been some people that have, that have lashed out at our athletes on social media here in the last couple of days about, about that March itself. And Hey, I don't know if they noticed, I was right in the middle of it. So was Terry and so was Kelly and happy to be there to support our guys, our family, they're our family. And we want them to know they're safe. And that when they leave here, we want them to be safe and we want them to treat people the way Christ treated us in the way Christ treated everybody else. So um, happy to do that. The second step of that was a voting initiative. They, we had people come in and speak about uh, how to become uh, voters, how to become educated voters, the importance of their vote, especially locally in local government as they are here and as they grow up. And, and then there are going to be steps that we take in the future that have to do with giving back to the community and, and again, being the example of what we want to be, the, the, be the change that we want to see in society. So, uh, hopefully people will see it for what it is, a group of dudes that love each other and want to support each other uh, that have a lot on their heart. I mean, they see our country is broken, and, and it breaks their heart, and it breaks mine to watch it. So that's what we did, and I'm very proud of the guys coming up with the, with the ideas and the initiatives to do it in a peaceful way, uh, in a way that really just pointed people towards the, the society that we want uh, to be. Well, Coach, I, I know it's a very proud moment. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, 2020 has been, you know, incredibly challenging on a lot of fronts. And uh, I believe that yourself, your staff, the administration at Arkansas State, I believe you guys have, have handled everything to the best of your ability and tried to do so in as much grace as possible. And, uh, I just personally want to, uh, want to thank you, uh, for, for the way you've carried yourself and the way your staff has carried yourself, because, uh, it's not exactly easy. And you are looked, you are looked at for a lot of answers from a lot of people, uh, including, uh, your staff, as well as those student athletes that, uh, that you, uh, oversee as well. And, uh, you guys have done a great job with that coach. And, uh, I know that Saturday is going to be a, a little bit of a relief, uh, for you, for your staff, for for the team, uh, because a lot of hard work has been put in, put in under very adverse conditions, and now you'll finally get to sum that up and take on a University of Memphis team. Well, there's no love lost in this history of this matchup between uh, these two programs, but uh, best of luck, Coach, and we will definitely uh, see you soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. Coach Blake Anderson, you know <laughs> – Y'all, it's it's a hard enough task being a head football coach at the Division One level. I mean, you're asked to do so many things that 
that a lot of people don't see. You don't see the administrative side that Coach Anderson deals with. Like, um, I, I know that there are people that are, you know, that have aspirations of being head coaches down the road uh, that have been on the staff with Coach Anderson. And he will take them aside and kind of under his wing and show them the opposite side. You see him, what he does as the coaching aspect, as on the field, X's and O's, you see that. But what you don't see is the countless hours of things that he's required to do from an administrative side. And then let's add in a pandemic. Let's add in trying to keep his entire staff, his entire team safe to the best of his ability. You've got that. And then, of course, we have what's going on socially in our, in our society uh, and in our communities uh, across the country doing that as well. And, uh, you know, if, if anything, Coach Anderson has been battle-tested maybe more than any coach has ever been here at Arkansas State when you think about the personal losses that he has endured just since the time he's arrived here. You know, this is Blake's seventh year, starting his seventh year, right? Correct. Okay. You and I have known him since day one. Yeah. I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, Direct sure. question. Sure. Um, well, it kind of involves you and me. But percentage-wise, how much would you say in the past seven years have we, when we talked to Blake, how much has it been, has it been football and this, that, whatever, and how much has it just been what else – is going on in life and other things away from football. I would say typically when I talk to coach about football, it's in interviews only. Everything else is just about life. Yeah. Uh, you know, when we talk, if we're at practice and he talks to us or if uh, it might just be a, a typical phone conversation or text conversation or whatever, that's normally just about life. Um, the only time I really talk about football with Coach Anderson is – in post-game interviews or in post-practice interviews or media days or whatever, that's pretty much the only time I talk and, and, and that's the point football getting, with him. That's the point I'm getting to because I've had a lot of discussions with people. And, and like I said, the only time they really see Blake is when he's, you know, you know in an interview on TV or, or on a video. And, and, and that's the only part of the man that they see. And I, I tell people this all the time. I said, get to know the guy. I said, you know, we I said we spend so much time around him that I said we talk about life. We talk about other things in life. Uh we you know, we don't even talk football. And and when I tell people this, they're like, "Really?" And I go, "No." I said I said, you know, <laughs> he's got a different side to him. You know, I I I said, you know, if if you want to talk football, we can talk football. Uh but but the thing is, is that, you know, I, I, I tell people this all the time. I said, w we've been fortunate enough to really get to know several coaches or coaches here uh, in Arkansas State, really since we started this show in 2011. I said, now, you know, we didn't get to know, you know, Malzahn and Harson that much because all the, the practices were closed and, you know, and they were, you know, they were different. But – I, I tell people this all the time about Blake. I said, I said, you don't realize how great a man he is and what a great dude he is. Because I said, you get him away from football, we can talk about so many other subjects and so many other things. And, you know, first thing he did, you know, the other day, when, one of the first practices I was out there, he asked about, how's your mom doing? Because he knows my mom uh, had been going through breast cancer. 
and he was concerned about her. And I said, well, she's, you know, she's doing fine. And I, said, oh, bye. I said, by the way, Coach, I said she just celebrated her 89th birthday. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, of course, he said, 89? He said, well, that means you're you're really old. I said, well, thank you, Coach. I appreciate that. But, I mean, but that's what I'm saying is, is folks, there, there's more to this guy than just a football coach. And you and I know this. And, 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 I, and I hope people understand that this guy, he truly loves these players and he loves what he's doing, but he's more than just a football coach. He's just a great person. No doubt about it. Appreciate Coach Blake Anderson joining us on the Back in Action Hotline. 1130, a lot to get done in a short time to do it. A little quarter flash. It's a Yes Doll Grill. Women Rock Wednesday, 70 Cent Wings all day long. Hit them up. Let them know. RWRC Radio sent you. RWRC Radio listed and sold by Dustin White Realty live from the Unico Bank Studios right here on 96.9 The Ticket.